When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All righty. Hey, welcome back. On this episode of the Deep Focus podcast, my guest is Reed Carolyn, the co-director and co-writer of Dog, the road trip buddy comedy film starring Channing Tatum, who is also the film's co-director and co-writer. Carolyn and Tatum go back all the way to Tatum's underrated 2008 movie Stop Loss about a veteran soldier who returns from a completed tour of duty in Iraq only to find his life turned upside down when he is arbitrarily ordered to return to the field. They sort of return to this milieu, um, the veteran soldier, in Dog. Um, Carolyn was an associate producer on that film. The two of them bonded and they've been basically BFFs ever since. In Dog, uh, Tatum plays a U.S. Army Ranger who is tasked with bringing Lulu, a military working dog, down the Pacific coast in time to attend her, her handler's funeral. Tatum's character Jackson Briggs is also suffering from PTSD and a dramatic brain injury, but is still desperate to get back into the field because it's the only life he knows. Dog is kind of a two-hander, kind of a buddy comedy between a man and the best friend he hasn't yet made. Uh, it's soulful, funny, a little bit quirky, a little strange, a little eccentric, idiosyncratic, but it's got a ton of heart um, with a lot of detours along the way that feature actors like Jane Addams, Kevin Nash, Kirinka Kilcher, um, I'm probably butchering that, Ethan Supley, Bill Burr, and more. Journey to Dog, however, wasn't easy, and before that, Carolyn and Tatum spent like four years trying to get the X-Men spinoff Gambit off the ground. They um, wrote the script, they rewrote it dozens of times, they worked with like three or four different directors, and then they were eventually going to try and direct it themselves, and Reed tells me about them almost getting um, it off the ground, and Pretty close to shooting, just sounds like a few months away, but then, of course, at that point, Disney pulled the plug because uh, the project had already, the whole, you know, 20th Century Fox had been sold off to Disney, and they decided to do something else. Of course, Carolyn and Tatum are also the, the minds behind Magic Mike, the franchise that um, was based on Tatum's experiences as a dancer and male stripper in Florida. If you know that story, it's basically Tatum tells the story to Carolyn Reed, and he thinks, wow, that's a movie. They take it to Steven Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh had just worked with Tatum on Haywire and is like, this is great, let's make it. And, you know, two Magic Mike movies later, um, that's its own little franchise, which is coming to an end with Magic Mike 3, The Last Dance, which, again, Carolyn wrote. He wrote all three of them, and he gives us the little taste and tease of that as well that you'll hear in this podcast. So it's kind of a little bit of dog. Then we get into some X-Men Gambit, and then we get into Magic Mike and some advice from Soderbergh, who's been a mentor to um, him and Tatum, and, you know, the future and what's next. Um, Dog is already in theaters now, and it's already made a, a very good $37.4 million, which is great for his essentially what's like a, a little low-budget indie adult dramedy. And so, you know, you can stick around and hear my conversation with Reed Carolyn about all of these things and more. 
As usual, Deep Focus is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Bingeworthy, the Playlist Podcast proper, the Discourse, Yellowstoners, the Fourth Wall, and Be Real. We can be heard on iTunes, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and most places where podcasts can be found. And yeah, so please, you know, rate, subscribe, like, share, word of mouth, tell somebody, etc. Um, but no, really, um, when you give us a, a nice little uh, rating and stuff, that stuff helps. Um, so we hope you enjoy this podcast, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Reed Carolyn, the co-director and co-writer of Dog. And how you doing, Reed? Hey, Rodrigo. I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, so tell me about your movie. Um, it's it's really fun. It's got a lot a lot of things going on in it. Tell me the impetus of it, because, you know, one of the, uh, you know, what are the tenets of filmmaking is, you know, don't don't use kids and don't use animals. And yeah, for your they mean directorial it. Directorial debut. Bam. Right with the animal. Yeah. Animals, <laughs> water. Surprise, surprise. Our hardest day had an animal and a lot of water. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, it was one of those things that like, if you had asked me, um, you know, I was getting started in my career, uh, like what my first movie would be. I think the last thing I would have picked was a dog movie and probably, probably slightly below that was a male stripper movie. So I've managed to do two things that, you know, I, I, I would never have expected to, to get myself involved in, but, um, I, I, they say create what you know. And, and I think that's a really true wisdom. You know, it's this, this movie just comes from a lot of experiences that I've had and shared with, with Channing. Um, you know, we made a documentary for HBO with our co uh, writer and producer, Brett Rodriguez about um, war dogs and um, specifically dogs who work in the special operations community with the um, army Rangers. And, those characters just blew our minds. You know, the line between dog and human was so thin. We realized that's why we called the movie dog. It's, it's, um, you know, when you look at, when you use the word dog or animal, it, it, it in, in many ways limits what, what the, the being is. You don't have to take as much emotional responsibility for them, but in war, they become soldiers, brothers, sisters, you know, really humans, they outrank their handlers, they're, they're, they're much more than a dog. And so we really wanted to shine a light on, on, on that aspect of things. And then, you know, Channing and I both have dogs, we both just as, as friends, we've gone on a ton of road trips, like, especially up and down the Pacific Coast, just for fun. So we wanted to shine a light on, on those kind of adventures that we had with our animals and the way those animals change our lives. And, and like, you know, lastly, we just love road movies. We love like funny, crazy, characters that kind of take you on these weird journeys to unexpected places and find parts of themselves they didn't know were there and it's kind of like going off the map a little bit and those movies specifically in the 70s that you know and and but even but even you know more modern movies like you two mama tambien really influenced us you know paper moon um hal ashby's movies the last detail probably in particular robert altman movies um you know I, there's a handful of them i could list but but those those films were were kind of I mean Rayman is a good example like th- trying to fit ourselves into that canon a little bit if we could, right right well um, I guess that that answers my my biggest question of like whether you guys had dog or not because that would be like a you know that's a real thing like write what you know it's like uh, yeah. you kind of you can't kind of kind of can't fake that right no it's that I mean look I got a thirteen year old dog at home I did was doing a documentary in Rwanda. Uh, years ago and uh he was found in a latrine when he was six weeks old and i wasn't looking for a dog and 
I was at a State Department party or something like that, and he was uh, playing under the table. And I just started. I left the party and I went under the table and started playing with this dog like an idiot. And I and I left the party with the dog. And and that was that, you know. And and um, you know, he's turns thirteen the day the movie gets released. Crazy enough. And so yeah, we've been. I mean, he's been with me through through breakups and you know the worst moments of my life and the best moments of my life and like he's been a constant. And so yeah, when you have that, when you have somebody that's always kind of there for you in that way, definitely they they hold a special place in your heart. For sure, for sure. Um, you know, there's there's that. I I, I actually didn't realize that you had made uh, that War Dogs uh, uh, documentary, and and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, of course. Like that's such a like because you're looking at it through like a you know, it's a documentary and then but you're looking yeah. at, oh, that's such a great potential dramatic story. And sort of the ideas kind of maybe seem endless from there. Like, is yeah. that kind of how it was after you did that? You sort of like. Yeah, we, I mean, look, we did it and we just stayed friends with the guys. And we I, I don't I think I never was imagining going and making a movie in that world. I mean, first of all, it just didn't seem like it wasn't. You know, We were at the time going to make we're going to go do a comic book movie. We we're going to do Gambit. We were like going to. There were a whole bunch of things we were going to do. And the last thing we were going to do was a movie like this. And um, then when stuff kind of changed in our careers, things fell apart. Um, the story was just there because we were talking to these guys and we were kind of fascinated by them. And then Chan's dog passed away and that made us feel something. And we had, honestly, it was like one of those things where he just came home from this road trip that he took with her to Big Sur to sort of say goodbye Mm-hmm. and he put we were all in tears and and we just said we're not we don't want to make a movie about a dog dying but we want to make a movie about a being that could make us feel this way and so we chose to sort of highlight um uh the the part of our connection to these dogs that that um was really at the beginning where where we started realizing oh man this this is a being that i'm going to start taking a ton of responsibility for emotionally and and the military aspect of things kind of came in uh soon after that we went well what what type of story should we tell? What type of world should it, should it be in? And that just was such a specific and interesting world. Kind of like Magic Mike, it was a subculture that people didn't really get to see very often. Right. And I always think that's more interesting than just like, you know, somebody like you or I. I mean, we're just, you know, it, like when you take somebody who has like a crazy life experience like that, um, it, it just, you give the audience a window into something they don't get to see very often. Do you guys, uh, either of you have any like kind of experience in military or military family or anything like that but yeah. it does feel uh it does feel like lived in like you know that that you guys have some knowledge there that it's not just something that you picked out of a hat yeah we have a lot of friends and, fa- and you know family members and stuff like that who who've served um but uh brett rodriguez who's our co you know story writer and and um and producer uh on this film he he really kind of guided us through that process made a lot of the relationships in the military because um, he was a um he served in the infantry in the 10th mountain and then he was a, a contractor for a while. So um, he made sure at every step and, and, you know, we did, the, we did this with him um, that we had guys from the Rangers on our set uh, approving everything, signing off on like every last detail. And, and we'd always look at them as the sort of the buck stops there. If they say this is realistic or this is how someone would behave or what they would say, um, then, it, then we could do it. And if they said, I'm not sure about that, we, we would change it. Um, so it was just important to us because I think we just have a lot of respect for, for for those guys and for the people in our lives that, you know, have served and just wanted to make sure we did the best we could to get it right. Um, so like, what's it like, uh, you know, your first film you're doing with a dog and then you're yeah. co-directing, which is obviously not a lot of things that pers- people do for their first <laughs> film. 
No. And then you've got you're doing it with Channing, and maybe you can talk a little bit about your relationship because it goes back a seemingly like a long time now, right? Yeah, it's like it's like 16, some odd, maybe 17 years, something like that, that we've known each other and probably been working together for I don't know, 14, 15 of those years, um, like pretty intimately. So it's like a brotherhood. You know, it's not like we started off going, we're going to direct together, but right. Like you do these layers or like, okay, you know, we're producing together. Oh, or we're writing together. Well, what's the next step? Where else could we grow to? And then, and they kind of kind of come, comes from that place. And um, there's a real creative shorthand. Like we make each other better in areas where we're both, I want to say deficient, but where maybe we both have like blind spots or mm-hmm. you know, our strengths and, and weaknesses kind of complement each other really naturally. I don't think it was ever like a planned thing. It just kind of happened. We started we made better stuff together than we did um, independently. So that, that was kind of fun to watch it take that next step, the partnership sort of take that next step to, to directing. Right. And it's all, I mean, it started before Magic Mike, but Magic Mike was basically your first script, right? You like the, the two yeah. of you guys kind of like yeah. launched together and you've been friends before that, or I think it was like you worked on Stop Loss and things yeah. like that in the past, right? Yeah, we started on Stop Loss, and that's kind of where we met and became buddies. And I went off and did a documentary with um, Deborah Scranton, a filmmaker who I who I really loved. Uh, I went to Rwanda. She also did War Dog with us, and um, and you know, Chan went off and made like GI Joe and Dear John and all this stuff. And I'd come back and visit him just as a friend, and I'd show him what I'm what I was doing, which was to me incredibly um, rewarding work. But you know, I could barely put a roof over my head and he was doing work that I think he would have said if I have to do another movie like this you know where I have to be this guy put a gun to my head more or less um, but he was getting paid for it and and I think we kind of looked at each other and went if we could try to do rewarding work that we built together but that we could also support ourselves with that'd be the best version of this career and 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 we just I think we gave you gave each other a year we like shook hands i remember going like okay if we can get a movie made in a year we'll do we'll keep doing this if not we won't do it which is such a, a naive kind of irresponsible <laughs> thing to say when you're as young i mean thank god he was a movie star because ever a young you know movie star who had some you know clout in the business because if we were just like two you know kind of regular people getting into hollywood there'd be no way we get a movie done in a year um and so uh we did we, we got, we got, uh, we produced a movie called Tenure um, and with an incredible cast now. And, uh, and then we wrote Magic Mike all in that first year of our, our partnership. And so uh, just kind of, you know, snowballed from there. Um, you guys, obviously Magic Mike is, yeah, that thing that ticks off. And then did, yeah. you, guys, did you tackle, uh, did you, you know, go to Steven Soderbergh? Cause he's such a, like a sort of part of your world now. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, you guys were producers on, I think Logan Lucky and stuff. Yeah. And did, so did, with something like this did you did you guys go to him in any way and just yeah. tap his thoughts what do you think I mean he's kind of a a good font for a lot yeah of it. yeah we, look we went to him kind of every step of the way I mean he's he's uh the guy is so generous like I mean and he does it for so many filmmakers yeah. probably filmmakers that we've never heard of and then the biggest filmmakers in, in our business and yeah. um you know, he read our script uh, before we sold it and gave us notes. He he looked at a cut. You know, he advised us on crew. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, this is you know kind of a hilarious, intimate detail. But he like literally made a document, and sent it over, called "How to Direct," 
And <laughs> I, I know he didn't ask for it. He just said, guys, um, you're going to use this. You're going to need this going into this experience. And uh, he was right. Like I, I reflect and refer to that uh, document quite a bit. So That's yeah, amazing. I mean, he was like a great source of invaluable wisdom. That's awesome. Um, I got to ask about this, this gambit thing, because yeah, it seems pretty crazy. And I, from what I understand, you guys were developing that for like a long time, right? Yeah, we were producing it for over five years. And we were uh, really working on it kind of every day where we had blocked everything else out mm-hmm. for about two years, and maybe a little over that and um, went through multiple directors, multiple versions of the script. Right. Yeah. And finally found the one that was, I think, going to be really awesome. And it, I mean, it was, um, it is still one of my favorite scripts uh, I've, I've read. I mean, I worked on it, so it's easy to say that. But but um, it was a very collaborative process with a bunch of different people who are super talented, and it just made a incredibly original world and a character that does not come along very often. Yeah. I think it played really well in the kind of Deadpool universe at Fox. Um, Emma Watts uh, had, had really championed it at Fox and Mikey Ireland. And those guys were, you know, they, they made, they'd made Deadpool and they understood that when you win a little punk rock with these characters uh, you, you, you know, you could pop some wheelies and, and really attract an audience that it, it not, not just the sort of generic X-Men stuff. And um so that was fun for us. We, yeah, like I, I think I've maybe have shared some of these things before, but we made this world in New Orleans of a city of mutants who didn't care about saving the world. They went to New Orleans because they wanted to, you know, use their powers to party and hook up. And, you know, they were like, you know, they could, they could, their hands could like fry the grease at McDonald's or whatever else. And, and, and the, and the hardest thing for them to do was fall in love because they could read each other's minds. And when they got in fights, they could like turn a table into a grenade and send their partner to the hospital or whatever. And so there was all these kind of like low level mutant, you know, kind of, kind of fights and disagreements. And, um, and we kind of set it in this world of, um, the mafia almost like a mutant kind of goodfellas in in new orleans and with some great characters i won't go into all of them but we had cast the movie we got in a crew like really great kind of crew together and we were a few months away from shooting when um you know when when disney ultimately uh you know scrapped it oh wow really um do you think that could ever come back one day have you guys had any conversations about any of that kind of thing i hope so like i really do i mean those guys at Marvel have a really good thing going and I'm sure they have a plan that I, you know, that I don't know about for, for the X-Men universe. And, um, you know, like, I'm not going to tell them how to do their job. They're nailing it. But, um, <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, I hold out hope that maybe, maybe someday, I think chance perfect for the role. So maybe someday it'll, it'll come back. And, and, uh, as long as they keep making Deadpool a character, I think, you know, he'll, he'll need a, he'll need a world to play in. Yeah. And uh, it's hard for that character to play with kind of all the different, you know, tones and, and genres that are that are there, the kind of main MCU tone. Uh, so if they want some more characters like that, I think uh, they come our way. Do you guys have any learning lessons from that or dog that you can take into the next thing that you're doing? I know. I mean, match or, or gambit's a weird one, because yeah. but there's still lessons, right, that that get, get be taken away. Yeah, I mean, look, there's every day every day i work uh in this business on on any on anything there's there seems to be another another big lesson um uh 
you know, I, I continually think to, you know, as we talked about at the beginning, like kind of create what you know, like to, 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 to be able to draw from the, Rob Reiner said this to me once, like he was just like, you know, kind of create from the inside out, not from the outside in. And I think that's a, um, just a, an important thing is to go out into the world and have experiences, push yourself, grow, you know, face your fears, do, do fall into new communities of people that you, that you didn't think you would ever like or want to be around, try on new points of view and new ways of thinking about things. And then when you do that, kind of try to report back um, through your creativity. And I, and I, it's not always going to work like that, but I think when people do that, the work tends to be more interesting. And one of the, one of the things, um, you know, right now in movies that I think is a challenge is, is cutting through. Um, there's, there's so much generic material being made because there's so much material being made and everything kind of falls into these familiar formats and tones. And if you want to kind of bust out of that, you have to, you know, find new territory in yourself to create from instead of going, well, I wonder if we, you know, made a thing that's like that movie plus that movie. And it's, it all kind of comes from outside you. So, um, I don't know, that's one lesson, but, um, Oh God, they're probably a zillion. Well, I think it's really interesting is that you guys like, you know, the, 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 the adult drama or the medium sized film is kind of going away. You guys did another one, but you've also created this franchise with the medium sized film. Like Magic Mike is essentially like the, yeah. you know, seventies kind of Altman, like yeah. that that's a franchise these days, but somehow you guys did that. So, which is awesome and really amazing. I love those films. Um, do you have a small taste of, of what's to come with, with Magic Mike 3? You're writing that, right? And yeah, um, so excited for that. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, well, it's fun because it's totally different than the first two movies. That's the great thing about, you know, like when you do these mid-budget things, it's one of the reasons why why we do them. Uh, you have freedom. Like you, you, you have, when you have a movie star and a somewhat marketable idea, but on a small canvas, generally speaking, people will give you the money to make the movie and they'll leave you alone. And um and we, we learned that from Soderbergh and it's, it's addicting. Once you get on a lot of movie sets, you, you really feel how addicting that is. Uh, and you get to, you get to, you know, make things that are a little bit, a little bit weirder. Um, and so uh, the cool thing about Magic Mike is because we have that control. The first mm-hmm. movie was like Saturday Night Fever. It was kind of dark and, and yeah. more of a sort of grounded expose of, of Chan's real experiences. The second movie was a little bit of a heightened reality. It was more like Blues Brothers, like a road comedy, really pushed the, the comedy and, and the dance. And the third movie is, is honestly more of like a, if you, if you took a rom-com like Pretty Woman and, and you merged it with like all that jazz or, uh, you know, like, a, you know, Fosse film or, or uh, you know, this is, I mean, there, 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 are, there are other examples I give. I don't want to speak for, for Steven, but it's got elements of like a pure kind of classic musical dancical, like a Fred Astaire movie or something like that. And elements of a rom-com it's all set in London. It's, it's, it's really uh, I'm excited for it because each of the three movies has a very specific identity as a film. And you don't see that in franchises very much because they're usually kind of controlled by studios and they have to, you know, kind of fit a certain format. Um, Do you, do you have any hopes for for dog in terms of how audiences connect to it and 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 see it and you know what are your your ideal hopes for it yeah i mean look i we we want to make a movie for theaters and we knew we were at a time where um it's a tougher proposition to get people to see a movie that doesn't have special effects and isn't branded entertainment you know in theaters and so um as best as we possibly could, we wanted to deliver a theatrical experience and we wanted it to have heart and humor. We wanted it to be a movie that you could see with other people and 
laugh and feel something and feel like you were taken to a, a new world and, and had access to characters that you wouldn't ever, you know, really get, get access to without going to this kind of a movie. Um, so I hope people more than anything, just enjoy it. I hope they have an emotional experience at the movies and, um, and, 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 you know, I'll, I leave the rest up to, up to, you know, fate in the universe. <laughs> like you just never know what happens on these things. And I've, I've been in the ones that work and the ones that don't and, and um, more than anything, I just I just hope people say they had a good time. Cool. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Um, so best of luck with it. And, and, I, and I hope all the best for both of you. Thank you so much. I really right. appreciate that. Take it easy. All right. Bye. You too. Bye. Talk soon. Bye. All right. That was my conversation with Reed Carolyn, the co-writer and co-director of Dog, along with Channing Tatum. Dog is in theaters now. Uh, it's a fun time. It's it's entertaining. It's it's soulful. You know, it's got a lot of things to say about life. It's earnest and it's it's sincere and it's a good time. So check it out. Um, it's in theaters now via uh, United Artists releasing. And um, thanks for tuning in to Deep Focus. Uh, hopefully hear you soon. And be sure to check out our various other podcasts on the Playlist Podcast Network. Um, and like and subscribe, rate, share, all that stuff. We really do appreciate it, honestly. Um, and thank you for listening. All right, take care.